2: Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There was actually like a whole group of policemen out front, crime scene unit. So our balcony faces... Directly towards Coors Field. There's no building in between. You just the balcony you can see straight across to Coors Field. And I think of things like the Vegas shooting. Like That's where my mind went, actually. So thank you to whoever reported what they saw, because they could have circumvented a catastrophe.
3: Holy crap, what's going on there? A hotel maid is being hailed for her role in
4: preventing what police fear could have been a Las Vegas-style shooting at the upcoming All-Star Game. The home run contest is tonight. All-Star Game is tomorrow in Denver. Housekeeper tipped off cops after she found more than a dozen weapons and a 1,000 rounds of ammunition at a hotel more or less overlooking Coors Field on Friday. Eighth floor of the Maven Hotel, two blocks from the Mile High ballpark. Cops removed 16 long guns, body armor and ammo from the room. Uh, which had a balcony overlooking the downtown.
3: (sighs) Things that don't happen never get as much attention as they should. But, uh, wow. Oh, my
4: God. Yeah. Yeah, I know it. And, you know, I want to talk some positive baseball stuff because I still love baseball. I vowed I wasn't going to watch the All-Star game after they moved it from Atlanta based on voting laws that are less restrictive than Delaware, where Joe Biden comes from. It's just obscene. It was cowardly. It was kowtowing to the most vicious and illogical of the woke crowd. And I hate, hate, hated it. Uh, But I love, love, love baseball. So I'll probably at least watch some of it. I'll watch the the home run contest. Um,
3: But, you know, I don't know if this applies, but I've got all these stories in front of me. Um, I got to get a new Giants hat since they're in first place. My old one's kind of looking rough from the last time around. I don't know. Rough, rough is uh, legit though. That's true. It gives it more cred because I bought it during you know the first World Series run. So, right, you're proudly a fake fan.
4: You're a bad no 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 no, 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 no,
3: no, 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 no. I don't. Bu- I don't buy into that crap. Fake. At all. Rooting fake. for a bad team is dumb. Fake. <laughs> anyway, but this is a good team, so I am rooting for him. Alex I'm just turned sh- his hat around. He's wearing a, a, a Giants hat right now. Also, from 2010. Atta 2010? Atta also from 2010. 2010. Yeah. Also from 2010. Yeah, I got my 2010 right.
4: Anyway, if you two, uh, you want to get a room or what? Two of you, cut it out. <laughs> we're in a room. Um, <laughs> so I don't, you know, probably all star shootings don't factor into this, but I have all these stories in front of me about in, in Maui, uh, the tourism is roaring back and, but there's like verbal abuse on both sides in a way there's never been before. You got people on airplanes fighting and scraping, usually over masks. Um, there, we were featuring a, a restaurant, a taco joint. That was saying, "Hey, we can't get people to come back to work because the benefits are too generous." But be nice to our workers; they're doing our best. There's there's a there's a, a vein of ugly running through American life right now.
3: Edgy, you know, angry. Yeah, I um, you know, I'm uh, involved in this, unfortunately, myself. But uh, when I first talked to a divorce lawyer, they said we've never been so busy. I mean, we just we just can't keep up. So what's going on there? The crime, the COVID. And-
4: everybody's whipped up about politics uh every everybody takes every disagreement to heart like you're attacking me if you attack my opinion or whatever i don't know it's not good though it's difficult to put your finger on exactly but there's tension in the air
3: isn't there maybe it's the realization that everything's falling apart makes everybody tense yeah, that would, that would, yeah,
4: yeah. As we were discussing earlier, the very foundations of the American uh, philosophy, free speech, free markets, uh, personal liberty, uh, the the rest of it, people are starting to question them. I don't know, maybe we should control each other to, to bring ourselves a utopia. So anyway, these are odd times. But um, on a more positive note, we were talking Friday about Shohei Otani who is this uh, Japanese player who plays for the Los Angeles Anaheim Angels of Orange County, California of the world. (laughs) Um, And and we were talking about how he is almost certainly the superior to Babe Ruth back when Babe Ruth was both a star pitcher and a star hitter. Selected to the All-Star Game, first time ever as a pitcher and a hitter. Yeah, that's right. And, and he, he plays, uh, with the joy of a little eager, they say. And, and I have not had the privilege of watching much Anaheim's, uh, Anaheim baseball games, but, um, but they do run through some of his stats. Um, and it's just crazy. Babe Ruth, by the way, he only went two ways for, for two years. Um, and he didn't play nearly like, oh, Otani does, um, these days. And they mentioned that he's, um, you know, let's say, maybe I'll just skip to the stats. They're amazing. Um, but as baseball, you said
3: last week, he didn't do it fat and drunk.
4: That's true. Yeah, Babe Ruth really deserves points for that. Um, but they say he hits the ball harder than Juan Soto, who's one of the most powerful hitters in the game. He throws harder than Hugh Darvish, who's a star pitcher, and runs fast, faster than Randy Arena, who is a, a speedy guy. He leads the major leagues in home runs and bunts for hits. What? I didn't know yeah. that. Until this year, no player ever hit 30 homers and made 10 starts on the mound in the same year. Okay. Otani did it in 81 games, half a season. It's never been done before he did it in half a season. Wow. First AL player ever with 31 homers and 12 stolen bases by the All Star break. Okay. So, I mean, he's like one of the best offensive players in the league. And he also throws the single toughest pitch to hit in baseball. Batters are ha- hitting .083
3: against his splitter. What's he look Wait. like? What's like? What's his height and weight and stuff? I don't even know what he looks like. You know, I couldn't See, tell you that. He's he's lanky. Alex, he, he's got a, this. Alex, huge baseball guy. He's got this. What 6'4", yeah. 210 pounds. 6'4", 210. Mm-hmm. That is lanky. Yeah. He's an
4: extremely athletic-looking guy. He's not super bulky or anything. He just looks like an old-school athlete. Uh, he has a higher slugging percentage than Babe Ruth had at this point in his career.
3: But not fat and drunk. Try
4: doing uh.
5: it fat. Be two
3: ten, three ten, and over. Fat. Be six four, three ten, and do it.
4: Yeah, yeah. So and and just this is getting a little baseball geeky. Is slugging percentage? It has to do with the number of bases you get per at bat. Um, he's slugging six seventy four against lefties. Only three left-handed hitters ever slugged that high against lefties in a full season. Stan Musial twice. Babe Ruth, and Lou Gehrig. Wow. I mean, like the the Mount Rushmore of the game. Um, he's hit five times as many extra base hits than he's allowed. He's hitting like Willie Mays and pitching like
3: Roger Clemens at the height of their careers. That's really quite amazing. i got to get into this guy.
4: Yeah, I know. I, I heard he's amazing. He goes both ways. Blah, 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 blah. But when you break down the numbers, it's mind-boggling. Anyway, Shohei Otani.
3: And he's uh, participating in the All-Star game, obviously.
4: And, and they're thinking he may go crazy in the home run contest, which is this evening oh. for beautiful Denver.
5: <clears throat> you have more on that, Alex? I do. So, first of all, Denver's altitude plays into the home run right. thing. So he could just go monster tonight. And a stadium's a bad box. <laughs> <laughs> but it could go 30, 35 in a single round. I would love to see him. He's also the first, or the he broke the Japanese Major League record Of single season home runs, which was set by Hideo Matsui. I'm sorry, Hideki Matsui, which was 32, and he did 33 before the All Star break. Yeah. That was a whole season that Matsui used. He's just unreal.
3: Cool. I will have to check that out. I will tune in tonight. My kids will like it. Um, I don't like this, and we'll talk about this when we come back. China says it drove away a U.S. warship from the South China Sea today. Uh, we're saying, no, you didn't. That ain't your area. We get to go wherever we want. But that's quite a point of contention. The same day that there's an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal of how our Navy just ain't up to speed. No oh boy. And we better get up to speed fast. Those two stories coming together. Uh, a little bit later in the hour, we ought to talk more about Afghanistan. Richard Richard Engel from NBC News doing some great reporting from there. As we pull out, major event in Afghanistan today. Um, it's, it's basically over, officially. And uh, we can hit you with that, uh, among other things. We need to get to more people are suggesting ideas for our Armstrong and Getty booze. We realize that's how that's... we're going to
4: get rich. Never mind the stinking radio business. We got
3: to get a celebrity booze. The money is in having your own booze, so we got to do that. Um, I like uh Simple Jack's sad cherry pie flavored vodka. I-, I don't know if you want that. <laughs> <laughs> stupid does not have to hurt at least for a while. That's a pretty good slogan. We've always minute. said stupid should hurt. Right, it doesn't have to hurt, at least for a while. If you're drunk, you get it? You with me? Sure, sure. If life
4: is dumb, get yourself numb with Armstrong and Giddy. I'm still working on it. Still
3: like your original. If you hate your life and your liver, (laughs) Armstrong and (laughs) Giddy Vodka. Anyway, we're we're working on it. Text line 415-295-KFTC.
5: Armstrong.
1: The Armstrong and Getty
2: Show. You ever been on the People Mover and you realize you're passing a Cinnabon?
5: (laughs) It should be a handbrake or an exit ramp. If they
2: did their research correctly, they would realize the people on the People Mover
5: that is your core Cinnabon audience.
2: Go directly into a Cinnabon Right like a Filtering in like a luggage carousel Fatty's just falling in like
3: That is a decent point from Kevin James at the airport the I bet are, Kevin knows
4: his way around A Cinnabon The
3: people on the moving sidewalk are your core audience at the Cinnabon Why would it go by <laughs> the Cinnabon um, I was at the mall over the weekend And I wanted to get a little something Because it was like a, a the hunger time of the day And next to each other in the big mall, side-by-side, side, Cinnabon and Jama Juice. Guess which one had a line, and guess which one I could walk right up to and order. Of course. Wow. wow. The obesity problem. What could it possibly be? Video <laughs> games? Something <laughs> in the food? Hormones <laughs> in the water.
5: <laughs> food Taking deserts,
3: in 5,000 calories a day? Uh, that's my guess. So this is troubling. First, I'll start here before I get to the Wall Street Journal piece about uh, a report saying our Navy is not ready to go to war. And this just happened today. China says it drove away a U.S. warship in the South China Sea. We say, no, you didn't.
4: Yeah, China says lots of stuff.
3: China's military says it drove away a U.S. warship that was illegally in Chinese waters near those Paracel Islands where they they built islands and and then put military bases on them and now claim that that's part of their land or something. Therefore, twelve miles in every direction are their sovereign waters. It was actually the anniversary, and I don't think this was just like a coincidence that we sent one of our warships on the anniversary of uh, the international body in the Hague ruling that no, 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 China has no claim over these waters. These are international waters. So it was the anniversary of that ruling. We sent a warship through on the anniversary. And then uh, China said, and I'll read the quote from China. Under international law has reflected the blah, 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 blah. Uh, Where's this sentence I really want? The one I really like. I had this right in front of me and I lost it. Dang it. Uh, we urge the United States to immediately stop such provocative actions as to send ships into our waters. They're violating international law. So, no, shut up. What they did was state the opposite of what is true. China stated the opposite of what is true. But, at some point, it's just like, you know, the bully on the playground or the loudmouth in the bar, it comes to whoever's the toughest. If China says, those are our waters, and actually, you know, uh, physically, militarily can drive us out, then they're their waters.
2: Mm-hmm. If
3: we keep sending warships through there and uh, and, and can pull it off, well, then, then they are international waters. So that gets to the whole, can we do it if we wanted to, the... Wall Street Journal with a report on the report. A couple of congressmen uh, required um, a report to be made on the readiness of our Navy. And this is specifically about our surface Navy, not uh, submarines and whatnot. Is U.S. Navy ready for war? A new report prepared by Marine Lieutenant General Robert Schmittel and Rear Admiral Mark Montgomery, both retired for members of Congress, paints a portrait of the Navy as an institution adrift. The report, reviewed exclusively by the Wall Street Journal, concludes that the Navy, the surface Navy, is not focused on preparing for war and is weathering a crisis in leadership and culture. I like this quote that they go into immediately. Yes, Joe? Well, I was just going to say, I remember when,
4: uh, in the wake of those uh, several accidents, you yep. see those collisions, that some of the reports on command and the hours people were working and the standards were pretty, pretty scathing.
3: I guarantee you every unit in the Navy is up to speed on their diversity training, said one recently retired senior enlisted leader. I'm sorry that I can't say the same for their ship handling training. Uh, Anybody work at a company where it seems like they spend more time on the diversity training than a lot of the what we actually do to make a living around here? Anybody work at a company where they, they do that? The report also details a deep culture of risk aversion. If the missiles start flying, will a destroyer captain be ready to make quick decisions and take calculated risks, even if his communications are jammed and he can't reach his superiors? Historically, ship captains couldn't, and you were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. How one of the advantages our military has is that people at various levels have the ability to make decisions on their own. And mm-hmm. in uh, you know communist countries, they tend not to do that. Well, maybe we don't do it quite as much as we used to. Historically, ship captains could reach the higher ups. Could, historically, ship captains couldn't reach the higher ups at sea and had to make decisions on their own. The price of absolute authority was the cruel business of accountability which is a great phrase Uh, that came out of an editorial in 1952. The cruel business of accountability. That's what you need to have in your company, in your military, in your family, everywhere. The cruel business of accountability will take care of all these things. Anyway, now admirals can micromanage from the comfort of terrestrial headquarters, as the report puts it. A ship captain quoted in the report recalled his experience escorting ships through the Strait of Hormuz. Every single time I knew in the back of my head that the admirals were literally watching the cameras on my ship, second guessing every single thing I did. Commanders have less authority, but brutal accountability. In the report, sailors expressed near universal disdain for a one mistake Navy that leaders, if they make one error, it's a drag on retention, lethality, and morale. Um, so now they are able to monitor absolutely everything that happens at all times and criticize it. And you, you, they at least feel like it, according to this report, that if they make a mistake, that'll stop them from being able to move up. So they're just paralyzed with fear all the time. That absolutely echoes an email we got a week or two ago
4: from somebody who was, I can't remember if they were air force or Navy, but they talked about the culture of non-decision, that if you never make a decision, you can't make a bad
3: one. So you anybody, just kick
4: it upstairs.
3: Anybody recognize that in any company that they work at?
4: Sure. Yeah. Just never take a chance. Just go with the status quo and just, Keep if, your head if there's down. any question, ask the boss.
3: Exactly. Yeah, that's that's troubling, man. And that quote from whoever that was, you know, an anonymous senior official that, oh, we're up to speed on our diversity training, not so much on our, our military stuff, our fighting war stuff. That is freaking freaking troubling, and I have yeah. zero expectation that will be fixed anytime soon. I think the only way it gets fixed is under fire, probably. How much diversity training you think they're doing uh, in China's navy? How much time do you spend? They f- do you think they spend thinking about that? Zero. Ever? That's how much.
4: Quite the opposite. They do anti-diversity training. You have to be loyal to China, period. That's the only attitude that's allowed.
3: No, their goal is to win, win a battle, period. I don't care how we do it, who does it, we're going to win. That's really troubling stuff, man. Uh, Wall Street Journal, I'm glad they brought that to us.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: The Taliban offensive continues. After taking a key border crossing between Afghanistan and Iran, they seized another important district near the western Afghan city of Herat, prompting bold claims from their leadership. It is clear to you and to all the world that the Taliban has the control of 85% of Afghanistan's territory. That denied by the government, but still the gains are real in the performance of the Afghanistan military subpar and other 300 soldiers fleeing from the Taliban into neighboring Iran today, prompting some to call for a return of civilian militias to rein back control. I assure you that with God's help, you will soon see forces of armed civilians going to all the districts to
0: fight the Taliban.
3: So we're saying that the pullout is end of August it was September eleventh for some reason. Then the end of the idiotic, August. but really symbolically, it ended a couple of hours ago when the top U.S. general in Afghanistan stepped down and handed over the reins to whoever's in charge of the Afghan forces. And uh, we are we are done calling the shots with that stuff. Good luck, yoink. Yeah, no kidding. As the Taliban continues to roll across the country, Richard Engel of NBC News is a great foreign correspondent. Is there,
2: and he is reporting. Two units are fighting, Afghanistan's small air force and the commandos. On a mission, I saw them on the attack, advancing into gunfire. But there are just 30,000 commandos, up against around three times as many Taliban. The commandos are doing 90% of the fighting.
3: Oof. Wow. okay So, see, I had heard... I, 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 don't, I don't understand... I don't understand the domestic politics of the Afghanistan thing. I don't understand why Bush, Obama, maybe going back to Bush, but certainly not Obama, Trump or Biden just can't be honest with this. I don't. Do you know anybody that's like really dug in on we've got to fix Afghanistan? I don't know one human being that ever even talks about it. Other than politicians
4: who occasionally make a strong statement in the press. No, no.
3: But so some spokesman for the Biden administration was on one of the shows and said, look, the Taliban number X and the Afghan forces number three X. So they've got the numbers. Well, you just heard there from Richard Engel, 90 percent of the fighting is done by a small uh, percentage of the Afghan forces, which is much smaller than the Taliban. Why lie to us? I mean, for, for what? Why? I think so they can claim, hey, we left them in good
4: shape. It wasn't our fault. When uh, it falls into brutal civil war, which it inevitably
3: will, yeah. Uh, more from Richard Engel.
2: So perhaps no one is holding Afghanistan together more than the commandos' general, Haibatullah Ali Zai. Everybody was so much relying on our American uh, uh, colleagues and friends here in Afghanistan. We will learn how to alone fight, uh, run this fight. What about foreign fighters, extremists, terrorists? We understand that they are starting to come back in once again. Are you seeing evidence of that? We are. uh, uh, You may have been tracking that. uh, Just in last month, we have killed dozens of al-Qaedas in Helmand and uh, Ghazni and Paktika and different parts of the country.
3: Okay, so that's where the rubber meets the road on this whole thing, is to what extent is the Taliban willing to allow al-Qaeda to do their thing around there? Um, and, uh, that could lead to, you know, some sort of terrorist plot. There's a little more on uh, that here from Richard Engel.
2: A few minutes ago, just just before coming here, I was speaking to the former senior advisor, the national security advisor to the ex-Taliban leader, Mullah Omar. And he assured me that it won't happen, that the Taliban learned a lesson from hosting Al-Qaeda, that keeping Osama bin Laden here wasn't worth 20 years of fighting, and that they will guarantee that this country won't be a springboard for international terrorism. They say they will bring Islamic law here, they will bring Afghan traditions, but that they will focus on Afghanistan not causing problems for the rest of the world. question is, do you believe that, and can they control it?
3: That could be true. I mean, there's no reason to not think the Taliban would lie to us. Of course they would. But, I mean, they try to kill us every single day. Why wouldn't they lie to us? But it could be. To me, that seems like the smart calculation. If I'm the Taliban, and I just want to run Afghanistan, um, n- no. let al-Qaeda do, if One tiny a partial attack from al qaeda on something us interest around the world and we could be back to fighting the americans again we just mm-hmm. want to grow opium and rape children if you'll pardon the, the frank talk because that's what they do
4: yeah i don't think it's a safe assumption to assume that al qaeda's is as western focused as they were in 2001 either uh for a variety of geopolitical reasons and up until the biden administration took uh control we weren't as involved in the middle east at all because we were energy self-sufficient so we didn't care nearly as much but all of that could change it's difficult to say it's incredibly difficult to predict what's going to happen
3: does not it make sense though that the taliban would have a pretty good reason to not want al-qaeda to be able to set up shot and cause problems they don't gain anything from that no no not at
4: all and and it could be al-qaeda as it's constituted now and for now Sees a chance to root out uh, an infidel Western government and establish a brute, ignorant 8th century uh, caliphate in Afghanistan. That's goal enough for them. They're not worried about knocking down buildings in New York at this point. But again, ask me again in 10 years. the, The whole situation could have changed.
3: Well, calling it a war is stupid. But Every report you hear calls it America's longest war. Every single report, whether it's Fox or, or uh, NPR or ABC. The lemmings spouting cliches. It hasn't been a war for a very, very long time. But if you're going to call it a war, if the Taliban doesn't allow al-Qaeda to get a foothold and they just run the country, then we won. I and, mean, you know, sorry for all the schoolgirls that aren't going to get to learn and all the other horrible things that are going to happen there. Uh, but we won. Our goal was to not have another terrorist attack come out of Afghanistan. It was not to defeat the Taliban and give Afghanistan a democracy.
4: Originally, no. No, it wasn't. But it became that as the mission crept and the goals got more and more vague let's, and let's, the lies swirled, the, the, the spin and the PR just utterly misleading let's for hope years we, and years.
3: Let's hope we never do that again ever in the history of the United States. Take some war-torn country and try to turn it into a democracy. Let's never try that again.
4: Was it Dick Cheney who said the other day, I think we're out of that business as a country. Gave it a good solid try a couple, two, three but times. But we get
3: sucked into it. George Bush, did, now this is going way back, but George Bush ran as the former Texas governor. He specifically said it. said that I don't believe in nation building. Two years later, he's involved in launching the biggest nation building project on the history of the planet.
4: Yeah, I know. I know. What happened?
3: I don't know. And Obama didn't believe in nation building, but we stuck around and doubled down on spending money and trying to build a nation. And it's sad. So I hope oh. we never do it again.
4: So I was watching, uh, actually, and we should have linked this, uh, Hanson, I'll help you out with this. I was watching a, a summary slash story of, uh, in the Washington Post about the Afghanistan papers that came out a few years ago that made it clear that at every stage, at every level of our government, our military, we, the American people, were lied to about the strategy, the progress, the, uh, the strength of the Afghan forces, just all of it was just crap um but one of the points uh, or one of the clips they showed was barack obama i think it was in 2011 might have been in 2013 but he said our involvement in afghanistan will be over within a year all of our troops will be gone and they're there for another whatever it was wow. eight years yeah and and he, he had, they had similar clips of bush and trump um and, and just, uh, it's as if the conversation is several groups of people, none of whom share a vocabulary, all talking past each other about... Why we're there, what we can accomplish by staying, what we will save by leaving. Nobody's using the same terminology. I have some people calling it a war. Uh, some people who are, who are still clinging to the idea that the Afghan army will be an elite force if we just give it one more year, you know, for the 12th consecutive year. And I just, I don't know. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's ugly. It's a hellhole. And I'm glad I don't
3: live there. So here's something stupid. I'm trying to figure out if it's real or not. You probably have never seen any of the Despicable Me movies because you don't have have... kids of the age that would watch that.
4: Exactly, yeah. That came along just a little late for
3: me. The Minions and uh, Despicable Me and the bad guy in that. Well, anyway, so they're at the theme park there at Universal Orlando. Families sue Universal Orlando after mascot uses white power gesture. They're claiming (laughs) that the giant mascot person... When posing with kids was flashing the white power symbol, which is the upside-down A-OK, I guess? So you go like that, but upside-down?
4: No, that, that would make an M. No, I think it's uh, it's like that's... that. So with the back of your hand, there.
3: Two families yeah. are suing Universal Orlando after an actor dressed as the Despicable Me character, Gru, uh, that's the bad guy, flashed a white power symbol while posing for photos with biracial children. I kind of doubt it. <laughs> The lawsuit filed on behalf of two girls who were five and six at the time alleges that they suffered humiliation and mental anguish. They had no idea it was happening. (laughs) From the separate episodes. They had no idea it was that one of the incidents occurred when the six-year-old girl met the movie character at a breakfast hosted blah, blah, blah. When she posed for a photo with the actor, he placed a hand on her shoulder while making an upside-down OK symbol, which the Anti-Defamation League added to the list of hate symbols.
4: Yeah, that's crazy talk.
3: The, I thought it was, but, like, half
4: backwards so your thumb formed a P. Well, I can't make my wrist do that. It hurts.
3: But it, but so if it was upside down, that makes it even more likely that that's just his hand was just kind of in that shape. It's an idiotic attempt
4: by lawyers to steal money from a corporation. they settle, they'll go away, you accuse them of racism, they're terrified, everybody gets paid, blah, blah, blah.
3: It's funny, in this entire New York Post article, they never... Uh, Universal Orlando um, said it fired the actor. We never want our guests to experience what this family did. This is not acceptable, and we are very sorry. So they just apparently are just going with the, yep, that's what he did. Well, did he, like, uh, take off his uniform
4: to uh, reveal his Nazi tattoos and said, you damn right I'm giving the white power symbol. Do they make that clear? That's crazy.
3: I can't figure out. So. So they didn't even make an attempt to say no that's not what he was doing that's just cuz he's he's his hands as a um they're like big gloves you know you know how mascots are you know like mickey mouse has got the hands everything like that this guy sure so I don't give you the
5: honavirus I'm this,
3: wearing gloves this is a great big like 7 foot mascot also with some sort of and I don't know how much they can control their fingers anyway I, what I'm trying to figure out is if Orlando, if 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 or, uh, Universal Orlando is just so afraid of this, they wouldn't didn't even make an. It- Attempt to say no. That's not what they were doing. Do they just accepted it as fact? He's fired. His supervisor's fired. We burned the suit. Please, please don't call us racists. Please. The lawsuit alleges that the incidents left the girl suffering from mental anguish, loss of dignity, no, humiliation, embarrassment, no, and other emotional distress. No, no, it didn't do that either. That is so freaking unbelievable. We got to do something about our our, our justice system. Where Look, you can't mommy, do this. the mascot's making a white power symbol. We he- said no five year old ever. <laughs> <laughs> right, we got to do something about their ability to sue people where you can't claim that your five-year-old suffered a loss of dignity when she wasn't even she's in the picture. She's not even looking at it, so how would she even know? Uh, but they're seeking thirty thousand dollars in damages, which I guarantee a Universal paid all or part of. Then made their the fired the guy who I'm sure the guy said, "What are you talking about?" And then, <laughs> I wore the stupid gloves you told me to wear. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I know. I know. So now not only is this and I've got all sorts of stuff on critical race theory and teachers unions and whatever. I just wasn't in the mood to talk about it today. But so now not only is it a a, a Marxist plot to tear down uh, the Western society in the name of some sort of utopia. But now it's become a well, it's already been a profit center for your Robin D'Angelo's and your Ibram X. They just backed up the money truck to pay him to address the American Federation of Teachers. Encouraging them to teach critical race theory in all the classrooms. So now it's this enormous scam profit center, and the, the old Patrice colors from Black Lives Matter with her six different Malibu mansions or whatever she's got going. <laughs> Just
3: crazy. Uh-huh. All the more reason to get our celebrity booze going. Have we settled on vodka? I think you got to go vodka. Yeah, we, we got a few more uh, suggestions. Maybe we'll get to those next segment. And uh, also, uh, when are we going to start getting booster shots? we got Dr. Fauci weighing in on that. Israel has started giving out booster shots, and they were kind of real early on the getting everybody vaccinated, and they think it's a good idea for the people that got them way back in December hmm. to start getting the booster shots. Can't hurt. Or can it. <laughs> that, among other things, on the way. Text line four one five two nine five
4: 295 kftc Armstrong.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show. What's the timeline that you guys are looking at on when that would be recommended, uh, especially as it pertains to meeting vaccination
1: requirements to forego things like masks? That's going to be led by the data and by the science. Uh, But at this time, that is not a determination that they have made.
3: Yeah, and Israel is starting to give the booster shots. If you got your shot really early on, you might have to get one here in the fall, but whatever, so you'll that's get fine. it. fine. Yeah, you'll get it, and it'll be easy to find. And um, currently, very close to 100% of deaths last month were people that didn't get vaccinated. Am I supposed to be concerned about that? that? People made their choice, and I'm perfectly fine with that. If you're a, I ain't getting the shot, that's okay. I don't, you know, doesn't bother me, really. Yeah, if you have no freedom to make bad decisions,
4: and maybe you don't think it is, but if you don't have that freedom, you don't have freedom. You have to let people chart the course for their lives.
3: I don't, I don't quite get the why. I'm, we need to crawl over ourselves to try to figure out how to get all these other people to get the shot. If they don't want to get it. Don't let it. Don't make them get it.
4: Yeah, I guess they they just want the thing to go away completely and you know get to herd immunity sooner. But you know, cases
3: are up sixty percent.
4: Rolling day average for the last seven days. So free immunity is up. You know, because most of those people are going to be fine. Some will not, obviously. But most of those people will now have immunity. So you got to, you know, add those people in. Those people. There you the go. Number. Yeah. Uh, the state of Cal Unicornia inexplicably on Friday announced, hours after the CDC said the kids don't need masks in school, the California said, oh, yeah, they do. Mandatory masks in school. And the, the reasoning was idiotic. It was, it was the whole... Well, there might be a conflict over masks and we're not sure who's vaccinated and blah, blah, blah. So the default, in as it is many times in blue states, is we will withhold your freedom, your liberty, Um, Unless we're 100% certain that everything's going to work out great. When indeed the idea of this country is quite the opposite. You get to keep all of your liberty unless we can show you and prove a really good reason to take it away. So that's that's ugly to me. But um, on the national scene, not Cal Unicornia, uh, on the topic of masks and kids in school, uh, hold your nose, gag a little bit. It's old Dr. Fauci. The one thing that's important about what's going on with these new
3: guidelines and recommendations for school the bottom line is we need to get the children back in school in person classes in the fall
4: and what the CDC is saying that if you're vaccinated you don't need to wear a mask if you're unvaccinated you should wear a mask and even though some of the guidelines like six feet versus three feet and things like that even though those are the things you want to pay attention to if you can't implement them you should still do everything you can with testing, with uh, um, uh, guidelines that would allow people, for example, in lunchrooms when you gather, when you're sick, don't come to school. Do everything you can to keep the in person classes
0: going.
3: I think about COVID at this point in my life exactly never, unless I end up at a business where they make me wear a mask, which, by the way, I then leave and go, if there's another option, I go to a different business and spend my money there. Yeah. Not spending money at your business where you don't follow the science of us vaccinated people don't need to wear a mask. I'll spend my money somewhere else. I was just uh, thinking there will be big city districts and
4: teachers' unions that will prevent full time in person school to some extent this fall. I guarantee you that's going to happen. Wow, And I just wonder if America's awake enough to understand what a crime against the children that is. But So
3: as far as the vaccinations, which, again, you don't get it or don't. It doesn't make any difference to me. I got mine. So, But um, breaking it down by party, 93% of Democrats are either vaccinated or say they are going to get it. Almost 100%. Almost everybody. Mm-hmm. Half of Republicans are vaccinated or say they're going to get it. I'm not sure all that st- all those stats are true because I think there are Dems saying they're going to get it because they want to be politically correct but aren't. And I think the Republicans, I know people who said they weren't and then didn't, and then did. Yeah. I know people who are dead set against it who are Republicans who said they would never get it and then did. So I'm mm-hmm. sure I think both of those are kind of backward stats. It's worth pointing out there is a small
4: chance of getting it and getting pretty sick from it, even though you've been vaccinated. It's not zero. So I would prefer that the thing go away for good. It's pretty close to zero, though.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
3: today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.